That kind of nerd. Let's start the show with comics, movies, and technology. Here we go, bringing you the segments that you're looking for, like Cape Talk screen to stream, tech perspective, and more. Cast this nerd degree and the blockbuster. Welcome to the club, cause you're that kind of nerd. Welcome everyone to That Kind of Nerds Podcast, a weekly show that tells you what is going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined by the one and the only Brian Thornton. I'm so lonely. I I, I, I am also lonely. Uh, Joshua Burns is not going to be joining us this week. So it is just uh, here the dynamic duo. Uh, Brian, uh, just in honor of your initials, as well as just who you are as a person, uh, you get to be Batman, uh, and I will be your Robin. This That's week. exciting. As my Robin, I dictate that you moderate. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, again, I, I, I think, uh, I think Robin does a little bit of the grunt work, and then Batman takes the glory. You know, hits, hits the uh, one two. Depends on what Robin. Sure. I, I, I don't know enough to to intelligently tell you which Robin I am, but I would uh, be. Well, Robin. I mean, you're definitely not the girl, or either either one of the girls. So you're good there. Um, so that brings my you Dick squarely, Grayson? huh? My Dick Grayson. You're either. I mean, so let, let's let's play this out. Out let's, of like the seven Robins there are, okay. Uh, the the four males are Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, um, Tim Drake, and Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne's kind of a dick, so really leaning towards you being him, but he's also like not the same. He's also like really rough around the edges. So I'm gonna Definitely I'm gonna knock me. Dick Grayson off. Right. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, not Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne. I'm going to knock Dam- Damian Wayne off. Right, okay, good. Dick Grayson is like more fun-loving, likes to, you know, joke around, likes to quip, so he's in the running. Uh, Jason Todd is definitely like rough rough kid from the wrong side of the tracks. I'm knocking him off. Nope. So you're either Dick or Tim. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dick. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I, was I right. can see, okay. you. I can see you being in the circus. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. Oh, yeah, there you 100%. Go. Totally. Well, you know what? I think it's very apropos that you're. Uh, we're talking about Batman here because uh, it is oh, now is it? time to talk about the world of comics. See how it's affecting TV. See how it's affecting movies. But most of all, how is it affecting Brian? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Cape Talk. Cape Talk. Well, first off, Brian, I, I think uh, uh, we have a bit of a correction slash update uh, to to do some follow up, which is that. The other week we talked about uh, the Batmobile documentary that was available on uh, Oh yeah, that was YouTube. bullshit. And we said, oh, why is it on DC Universe? And this sounds really cool. Da, 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 da. Well, Brian, please enlighten us as to uh, why this is a completely, utterly useless topic and <laughs> video to watch. <laughs> I sought out the Batmobile documentary on YouTube because I was like, I love the Batmobile. Batmobile documentary. And I watched it. Um, just, Just, you know, Hap out, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes through. I'm like, I swear to God, I've seen this. I, I'm almost positive I've seen this documentary. It's about an hour long documentary. So I, I watched the entire thing. Right. And uh, after I got done with it, and uh, obviously it goes all the way up to the, the, the Dark Knight Rises. I was like, I feel like this is a special feature on my Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray. <laughs> and I went and I grabbed my Blu-ray and I popped it in. And lo and behold, the same exact documentary is a special feature on the Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray. So I don't know who the hell thought it would be a great idea to advertise this as some sort of like brand new documentary right. or some new thing to hit the web. like Or like DC's got some sort of great partnership with YouTube or something. They legitimately are just 
taking their special features and throwing them on YouTube, I guess. It's so dumb. So the documentary is great. It's, it's not still a documentary. Good. It's well, a special feature. But uh, it, I guess it's great. I mean, it would still be a documentary, but it, it was a special feature on a DVD. It doesn't doesn't change yeah. it from being a documentary. I know, but still. Yeah, so basically we were sold a bag of goods. And again, this wasn't like one or two outlets were like, oh my god, this thing! It was just like, everybody was just like, you gotta check this out! So uh, we, we were sold a bag of goods that uh, did not live up to the hype. Uh, much like um, our, our, our next topic, which is Henry Cavill is reportedly gearing up to return as Superman. Okay. To which my question is, how? Why? What? We have this Robert Pattinson movie that's coming out. What is the DCU? What what does he do? Why why don't we just reboot? What's happening? I, mean, I don't get this. We still don't know if 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 Robert Pattinson is just a prequel. It, it could very well be just a year one story. So he, it looks like a year one story. So is this a one off, or does he turn into Ben Affleck? I mean, I would assume he turns into Ben Affleck eventually. I don't know. I'm not in control of this universe. If I were, things would be going a lot smoother. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is, this is such a... Again. And I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I, I've always liked him. I, I just too. think he's been written poorly. Right. It was just like, uh, you know, Brendan Ralph. I can't say his name. Why? Brendan Ralph was an amazing was Superman. Superman. He just didn't have a great movie. No. And then, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, Superman Returns is not a bad movie. It's just it's just samey. It's the same thing as like Superman one. You know, know? I, I, I was not, I was, I was intrigued by it, but I, I thought it was a bad movie. I thought it was poorly executed. I thought I the writing not, was bad. And I thought the, I thought the, I like, the direction as far of it was as, bad. as bad. Have you seen Superman three? <laughs> yeah. I, in the grand I mean, scheme come on. of, in the grand in scheme the of grand Superman, scheme, of in su- the grand scheme of Superman right. movies, Superman Returns is a if, like top four, if at I, least. If I pin it against other Superman movies, you're right. But if I just pin it as a movie, it is a bad movie. Not great, but it's it ah, is definitely a bad. I would movie. still I would still mark it as mediocre. Yeah. It, it's completely entertaining, totally fun. The performances are are decent, and say what you want. <clears throat> was a good Lex Luthor. Um, right. My point is. It's just the the story. That's the story. Yeah, was, it, it was very was, much like was not good. Didn't we just do this? Have we have we done this before? So I don't know. I I like Henry Cavill. I just don't know what he come like. If he comes back, great. But what are we doing? We've got these one off movies, which are pretty good. They're really successful. People seem to like them. We're, we've still got this DC EU you know connected universe. We've got. Harley Quinn, which is kind of connected but not really connected. We've got the Flash movie, who's doing God knows what. Like DC is so many directions right now. I like I don't know what they're doing. So if he comes in, is it like what? Like what kind of movie does he come back to? I don't know, and I I don't care. For all we know, let's hey, screw it. Let's just scrap the whole thing. Right. Let's just do quote unquote a soft reboot. Yeah. We don't need to go through the whole Superman origin story again. But let's just do another Superman story and pretend. That Justice League didn't happen. Like that could very well be what what it is. I'm okay of just being just just saying we're continuing the you know the, just like with Aquaman, right? Aquaman was a continuation of Aquaman's story, but also didn't really address or connect the other previous movies. I'm okay with that. 
just like I think Wonder Woman's going to be doing some of some of that. I think they're going to tie in some of the Justice League stuff, but I don't know. I, I just I'm, I'm confused about what's going on with Warner Brothers. I like the individual projects again, as if they were just individual movies, this wouldn't be a problem. But the fact that they started with this connection and this this we want to be like Marvel like thing. And now they're like, nah, nah, nah. like it, it's just making things very complicated. So, yeah, well, you know, when you when you rush when you rush it and you screw it up and you do it badly and then it's really hard to walk it back once you've established a connection between movies and characters. Yeah. It's it's tough. Continue. Just ask the 70 years of comic books that <laughs> right. You know, every time there's a there's a a a bad story or every time we have a few years of what the hell are we doing? We do some big huge reboot event and then hit the reset button and hope that that works. And nine times out of 10, it does. Right. For all we know, this could be the reset button. Like they've had four successful standalone movies that have not referenced the justice league movie yet. So, I mean, as long as they, as long as they keep that train going, but I have a feeling that because we decided to make the Zack Snyder cut, that it's just going to reemerge all bad feelings about this freaking franchise. So speaking of the Snyder cut, uh, this is definitely something I thought I thought was was interesting. Uh, Bob Greenblatt, by the way, love the last name, is the Warner Media chairman. Uh, he was on the uh, Recode Media podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I actually highly recommend. Uh, talking a little bit about HBO Max, and of course, the Snyder Cut came out, uh, and it was funny because he said that the conversation when people were bringing up the Snyder Cut was like, Haha, "No, we're we're not going to do that." To you know what? Maybe we should. To yeah, we're going to do it. And they were kind of asking, so like, what what do you do? How do you get this out? Because it's not finished and all that. And they said, well, they we're putting a lot of money into it. They're putting 50 to 60 million dollars into finishing this yeah. movie. So that's what he said. He goes, I wish it would just be 30 million dollars, but I'll just stop there and just saying I won't say any more, but it's definitely more than 30 million dollars to finish this movie. And this movie, I think, was only made 110 million in the box office. Right. And profit yes like box office profit so but again the marketing isn't even counted into that so it, it 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 made its money back but not by much and i'm just thinking even with hbo max being new like 30 million plus into this movie you're spending that joker money you just made like I, I, just, I don't get it and and it's just to finish the vfx yeah you know i made my joke a couple weeks ago because we didn't know this information and i still stand by the fact that this is going to be a half-assed done version of the movie because we're going to sink in $60 million. Great. You're going to finish the VFX, which is awesome. Hey, while we're at it, maybe we can make Steppenwolf not look like a freaking Mortal Kombat character. Well, the other part, too, is they're introducing Darkseid in the Snyder Cut. So I think I we'll see less Steppenwolf. Here's here's my thing. Less Steppenwolf, more Steppenwolf. From what I understand of Zack Snyder's cut is that it is pretty much that movie it is just introducing dark side towards the end. You're still going to have two thirds Steppenwolf. Ugh. And if he still looks like the, the shit that they allowed on the big screen, I still have a problem, but here's the bigger thing. I was just thinking about this because I was just talking about, to, about this with my dad, two things. You're going to finish a movie that was built to be a cliffhanger. <laughs> because Zack Snyder's original vision was to have Justice League be two parts 
and lead into the second movie, which was going to be all about Darkseid. Oh, man. So you are redoing a movie to end on a cliffhanger with what? No plans of, of finishing the story? How freaking stupid is that? Secondly, the second point that I, I, I didn't even get a chance to say to my father because I thought of it after I hung up the phone with him. So, Dad, I know you're listening. This is for you. For those people who think Joss Whedon has some sort of, like, huge amount of influence on this movie are forgetting the fact that Joss Whedon did not get a director's credit on this movie. Right. In order for him to get a director's credit, he had to have filmed a certain amount of the movie. Correct. That's a union rule. If he didn't get a director's credit, that means at least 65% of this movie is the way Zack Snyder filmed it, envisioned it, and did it. Yeah. So you're going to get the same movie, just a different third act. And you may get some extra special effects, like tidbits throughout the first two acts. So what is the point? I don't understand why people want this this version of this movie so bad. It's not going to fill in anything because it's going to end on a cliffhanger. It's not going to be like the director's cut of Batman v Superman because the director's cut of Batman v Superman, regardless of you know how you feel about the movie, it did fill in some blanks and it made the story make more sense. This is not going to do that because it's going to end us on a cliffhanger and lead up to a payoff that's never going to be paid off. And it's going to be the same movie with the exception of the last, what, 40 minutes? That's not going to do anything. I mean, the movie's yeah. still going to be crap. Yeah. I don't get it. Yep. And this is what we're, we're banking HBO Max to, to, to like, what, are we supposed to be investing $60 million into an app that like, and hopefully drive more traffic to this app? Is that the goal? I, I think so. I think it's to get, people excited about hbo max and i think it's it's there to to i i don't know i i guess get the fans off their back but i i don't think that's what they're gonna get like that this is not gonna i don't think this brings to as we talked about the last this week i don't do think anything. this brings it together but anyway uh we actually have some <laughs> money now and again this isn't like someone that uh, that we overheard on a cafe on the street corner blah 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 this is the chairman of warner media like you're going to cafes and street corners? That's not a good idea. No, definitely not. You got to keep your six distance, but someone will eventually, you know, tell you what's going on. But social distancing, friend. So uh, anyway, that's what we've got going on in the world of comics. So just shit that makes me angry. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, how much how much of this show is stuff that makes you happy? Has that ever been a well, most of it? But like, okay. so I uh, Warner brothers. Well, now it's time to turn our attention to the world of TV and movies in a segment that we call Scream to stream um this is actually pretty interesting i've been noticing a couple apps that are doing this uh hulu is now la uh, launching a watch party feature that will be available on their website uh so this way if you want to watch a show with a loved one you guys can pause play chat uh, all while you're watching it uh, unfortunately though it is not available for the tv apps on hulu or apple tv or amazon fire uh, but to be honest, I don't know how you would even do that on like a TV. So no no big deal. Uh, but just a way for you to connect to your family. Uh, it's also available on Plex as well. Uh, so if you know anyone who has a Plex setup, you guys can watch things together. So I, I'm just curious, though, is it ever compelling to have this feature on a website and not the smart TV app? Like, like, is this is this something people actually use? Do people watch Hulu on on? A lot of people watch Hulu and Netflix on their computer. Really? Yeah. 
I think I think it's it the number is more than uh you think it is. Um just because a lot of these devices are are are, are still pretty expensive. Like a Roku's like a nickel. Like you can you can buy a Roku yeah, for like Yeah, a Roku's a nickel, but it it's not good. Like anything that's like a decent thing. I mean, the thing, the only thing that I could say is pretty decent and still really affordable is like a Chromecast. Right. Is like 30 bucks. But other than that, like it's, it's not exactly affordable to buy some of these smart TVs. It's not exactly affordable to buy. It's definitely a, not affordable to buy like the Apple stuff. That is crazy expensive yeah, an and TV. very overpriced. But I also, I mean, think about it this way. I don't think. With I think your and yours and my generation were probably like or one of the few generations that like really put a lot of stock in big screen TVs and stuff like that. I think I think people younger than us just due to finances right don't have TVs. The, the thing I'm thinking of is is this something that you do from friend to friend? Is this something you're doing with your family? Like I cannot imagine trying to get my mom and dad and my brothers and I to all watch. I don't know, something, a movie on Hulu that we all watch as kids or something, right? Or I can even see us on a Disney Plus, even even this being a thing. I I, I can't imagine getting a a group of people set up to watch something like this together. Here's the thing. For, like, you and your family and your, you know, your extended family and stuff like that, you all put it on the TV. You can all FaceTime each other if you want. (laughs) Right, yeah. You know, like, while you're watching it. like With the exception of my little brother, who's the one android in the entire family. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you can't do is like pause and play and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. as a group. But um, I mean, I th- I think stuff like this is geared towards, you know, the the college kids who don't really have TVs or if they have a TV, it's like this tiny, like 32 inch thing that they maybe hook up a PlayStation to or something. And like, you know, younger single people who maybe like wouldn't mind sitting, you know, on a laptop, uh, uh watching something in in their bedroom or something like that you know like right i don't think it's an everyday I, thing i think i think you know tvs are are obviously better for clear reasons but we even covered an extension uh for like google chrome to do this with netflix a couple of weeks ago because like with the new season of queer eye and stuff like that i could see that being a bigger thing to bring them together but i've never heard, i've never been invited to i've never seen a watch party work. I know we even teased it as to if our listeners would like to watch a movie or something with us, we we can do this. And no one's ever been no like, no one yeah, wants to watch a movie with you. Let, well, I, I think we would be a great They've mystery. They've heard Times what the 3, movie going experience with you is like, because I complained about okay. it. You and I went to the movies together to see bad movies on purpose for the purpose of the show. Yes. I'm going you to still talk. won't shut up. I'm going to talk during the Meg all the time. You talk during the Meg, you talk during Skyscraper, you talk during Pitch Perfect 2. All bad movies. You haven't named uh, a good movie. Name one good movie I've talked through. You enjoyed the Meg. The Meg was still a bad movie. I enjoyed it as a bad movie, but it was a that is a movie that you can talk through. It's the Meg. The Skyscraper, The Rock had a fake leg for basically no reason. Like, if it is the first time I am watching a movie, I am not talking through it unless i'm in the comfort of my own home like i'll talk because then if i miss something i can rewind it all right uh like i watched nightmare on elm street for the first time last night oh you're really talking to this horror stuff all right yeah yeah i'm I'm, I'm, I'm dipping the big toes into different (laughs) different horror genres i know that intimates i have more than two big toes but you know 
I mean, whatever. We'll see. Now that we're done talking about, you know, watching the TV shows and stuff like that together, I am curious about one aspect of this. I had uh, I had made you I made a suggestion, Brian, that you watch uh, a YouTube channel called Film Theory, uh, which, by the way, is is fantastic. And it went into how movie theaters may not survive the current. Uh, you didn't introduce me to this channel. I've, I've, I've oh, okay. but I, I, I requested you watch the video. Uh, I request you watch a specific video. Yes. Yes. And. I you know this week AMC even put out a notice that they're they they don't think they're going to survive this pandemic either, so it's yeah, changing. It's so sad. With, super sad again. I bought that annual. I guess bucket. I should cancel. Should I cancel? They already paused your a list. You're good. You're you're currently not paying for a list, so you're fine. Here's okay. the thing. Something that I noticed with a lot of these, you know, Scoob and other movies that are are going Scoob are going straight to VOD. The big question right now in the other big release that's coming out is Will Disney take Mulan and do a VOD instead of doing a theatrical release. And my bigger question then is, and this is kind of brought up in the film theory, YouTube channel. I had you check out if they do that, why would we even do any more kids movies in theaters? It, it, it watching a kid's movie or taking your kids to go see a movie is sometimes the worst experience. It's, it's very expensive. And it's not as convenient as it was to watch some of these movies at home. I think we've already had uh, proof that children's movies can be successful in a VOD format. Um, it's still iffy about how successful it, and if it's more successful than movie theaters. And honestly, well, I'm thinking Onward and a couple other big releases have been extremely popular. Well, uh, I think Onward was just it is is a slightly different story because it originally released in theaters and then a month later all this crap happened so hey let's just push it out um because we've already here's the thing and this your the video you shared with me says this just as much most movies make their money back in the first weekend yes so onward had its first weekend so it doesn't hurt disney at all to push that to VOD, especially if there's no movie theaters open to show their show their product. Like they're making money off of, you know, Disney plus subscriptions and merchandising for a movie like onward. Right. So why not? Other movies have come out since have done well, but we don't exactly know how well in conjunction to how well that movie would have done if we released it in theaters. Right. It's still a very iffy thing. And the fact of the matter is this, um, Scoob is not going to be that litmus test no. because uh, people who enjoy Scooby Doo are eh. they're they're very loud, but they're a very small minority. They're they're small. It's, it's, they're loud, but they're franchise. small. Yeah. They are they are Scrappy Doo sized fans. <laughs> so I mean, I think that's why Disney was has been holding off, for example, on Mulan because I think they want to release it in theaters. Right. I really think that. There needs to be something that we know, hey, this is going to make a crap ton of money regardless. Yeah. Drop it on VOD to know if this is a viable format. Well, I'm thinking something too, like Mulan, it could be that. I'm thinking this too. The In my experience, <clears throat> taking my kids to the movies is an expensive endeavor, right? So from the theater standpoint, so not the studios, but the theater standpoint, they get their money back, right? I have to buy four tickets to go see it, right? I have to buy f- three concessions 
right? Everyone gets a drink. Everyone gets a popcorn. Someone gets a candy, right? Well, if you're doing this opening weekend, the theater sees literally $0 for the tickets. Right. I I usually don't. But gets all the money for the concessions. Right. It gets all all the money for concessions. But if you take away all kids' movies, which right now really is owned by one or two whole studios, right? And if they they just say, hey, we had such big success with VOD, from the parents' perspective, it's great. If if a kid's flipping out, we pause. If someone has to go to the bathroom, we pause. If I need to make a snack, it costs five cents to go make the bag of popcorn. It's already sitting in my goddamn cabinet. I I imagine it's a big revenue. Buying these big events like Avengers and DC stuff, I I imagine that kids' movies is something that can be a pretty substantial revenue stream. And if those just disappear and stop going to theaters... I'm imagining that's going to hurt the movie theater industry in a, in a big way. The movie theater industry? The movie theater the studios industry. will be fine. I don't get it. The studios are going to be fine regardless. They'll keep making their content. But the movie theaters is the thing I'm worried about. Movie theaters were hurting well before all of this right. anyway. But, but Well before. But take this away. Doesn't Isn't that the final nail in the coffin? Like, can't that really? The one that closed down anything that isn't a major conglomerate that is a movie theater corporation? I mean... I, I think this was only a matter of time. I think just the, the current situation has accelerated it. <sighs> so, I mean, this 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 particular scenario probably was another two, three, five years down the line. But four months of absolutely no revenue for this for this uh, type of business and studios seeing, hey, we can drop these things VOD and probably make the same amount of money. Maybe depending on the situation, sometimes more. Yeah. Yeah. It's just completely I, threw gasoline on the fire. I I, I don't think it, I mean, which I, is sad because I love movie right, theaters. Yes. I, I in my own personal feeling, and I have no logic to back this up. So no facts and figures. I don't think that movie studios would would look at big, you know, temple children's movies and say, clearly this will do better on VOD. Right. They would have just been like, God, this thing's going to be buried and no one's going to watch it. And I think because of this, you know, of everything going on in the world, I think that's when like, oh, my God. So I don't think this was five or six years down the road. This this would have been way further down for the kids movies. Right. They're going to keep things like Black Widow. Black Widow is hitting the movie theater. It's uh, the, the tenant by uh, Chris Nolan. That's hitting a movie theater like anything by Michael Bay. That's hitting a movie theater like that's going to there's still going to be reasons to go to the movie theater. But a big part of, I think, the chains and the small you know, mom and pop movie theaters was kids movies. I, I think that was a big portion of their business. It, just like we talked about, it's a concession gold mine. They may not make money on the ticket, but the concessions that they're getting, you have to spend more when you take kids to the movies. You just have to. So I'm imagining that if Mulan gets pulled off, there will be less and less, quote unquote, family and kids movies coming to theaters. And I think that really hurts that movie going experience. I think that's going to really yeah, have no. a huge impact down the, the down theater the road. industry is screwed. Ugh. Look at it from the studios. They're the fine. Things, though. Oh, they're great. Not only are they fine, they're probably going to make just as much, if not more. Because the oh, way uh-huh. I think about it is this. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm about to get there. Yeah. Not on a movie by movie basis, but CJ, you are a family man. Yes. Right now, as it stands, before all this happened, how many times did you take your family to the movie theater? Kids, <sighs> wife, whole shebang. Probably four, four to three times a year. Three to four times a year. Yeah. All right. So let's say you're a family of four. That's let's just say on the tickets by themselves. You're spending 40 to 50 bucks yep. per visit. You're maybe dropping $200, right? 
now you have the same amount of family movies coming out, but now they're only $20 yep. and you can watch them from home. How often are you going to drop that $20 to watch a movie with your so, family? So much more, so much more. I mean, I've already done You're, it. I've already done it twice. So now you can do it about up to eight times and yeah. spend the same, same amount, amount of money, money. Yep. in a year, but that's not going to be what you do. You will probably do it more often. Yeah. You'll probably happily spend three, $400 a year on $20 rentals and, and get 15 movies yeah. out of the experience for your family. You're giving the studio more money in that scenario. Yeah. I, I would be, and I guess that maybe this is the only way that you can save the movie theater chains is like, cause AMC is trying to do this, which is their streaming service, right? A A AMC desperately wants you to rent movies and stream movies from their little catalog. If they can do something compelling for, hey, here's a family pass. You get X amount of movies per year, right? Quote unquote on us as part of your subscription. I could I could feel better about at least giving AMC that money. So that way, when I want to go see Avengers, when I want to go see Marvel, when I want to go see a big tentpole movie, a summer blockbuster that's coming out, I know that my AMC will be there to go watch that mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, now I have to drive 40 minutes to a regal or something to do it. I'm not putting down regal. I'm just saying I, I like my, I like my movie theater. I, I have a relationship with that movie theater. Everyone does usually. Let me rephrase that. Us nerds have a relationship with our theaters. So I, I would rather that be alive. So I just, it, there's a lot of interesting things that could happen with this right now, but if no one adapts, this is going to go sideways really quick. And it's going to be a very interesting thing to see how we survive and how we, uh, how we do this. So, with that being said, it is now time for my favorite topic in the world. We're going around the internet. I find the weird. I find the obscure. I'm going to ask this Yahoo here for his tech perspective. Brian Thornton. Say hota. If I uh, go Sega, what comes to your brain? Sega. Sega, right? And uh, when was the last time Sega... you just said it. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time uh, Sega did anything interesting? The Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Right, the movie, right? But as a gaming company, when was the last time they did something cool or interesting? Or Sonic Generations was pretty good. I don't know how many years ago that was, though. Right, but we really, I mean, like, you, know, you, had, to dig, you had to dig for that one. So Sega was making an announcement uh, for their 60th anniversary that they were going to do something that was going to revolutionize and shake up the gaming world, right? Okay. And they came out, they made their announcement, they made two. And one of them was everyone was kind of hoping maybe they were be maybe a new console, right? Or, no, that's never going to happen. Or maybe they were merging with Nintendo or maybe yeah. Xbox or maybe Microsoft bought them. That's more likely. Right. But instead, Brian, I, I'm sharing in our show notes that uh, they did indeed, in fact, announce a console. But what they announced uh, was very uh, underwhelming. They announced the Sega Game Gear console mini. Now, oh. when I. When I say mini, Brian. Sweet. Oh, no, you say sweet. Just like my Sega Genesis mini? Oh, no, it's not like that at all, Brian, because when I say mini, I mean an inch and a half display. I mean, small enough uh, that your iPhone feels gigantic. Can't I just hook? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It, yeah. What? Yep. No. It is a miniature version of the 1990s handheld The Game Gear console. I'm all for that. Let me hook it up to my TV. No, 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 no. It's 80 millimeters by 40 millimeters, and, and it features a 1.15 inch display, which again, 
I mean, there are iPhone screens that are bigger than that. There are the original iPhone was bigger than this. I have business cards that are bigger than this. This thing is tiny. But <laughs> what? I like the idea. Just just give me the mini console like you did with the Genesis and let me hook it up to my TV. Or, or just give me the same size, but pack it with games or something, right? Basically, take the so- take the, 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 the mini and take the uh, retro console strategy that we've been doing for years. Why? I can't it- even see that shit. Y- no. It's smaller than the palm of my hand. Yeah, it's ridiculously tiny. How much is this thing? Uh, so it's four thousand nine hundred and eighty yen, which is roughly around fifty to sixty dollars in the U.S. No, no, no. Yeah, it comes in a variety of colors, including black, blue, yellow, and red. That is ridiculous. Oh, but here's the other part too, Brian. Uh, the colors that you buy can also dictate the games that you can get. So the black version, for example, features Sonic the Hedgehog and Outrun. But if you want to play something like Shining Force, you'll need to buy the yellow one. So I'd have to spend $300 to get every Game Gear game that I might want to get? Pretty much. In order to, to play, and there's only 16 games available for this, right? 16, that's it. And in order to do that, you have to buy all four Game Gear Micros. That's what they're called. Sorry, Game Gear Micro. This is the stupidest thing. Right? This is terrible. What? Hey, Sega, no wonder you freaking flopped so goddamn hard. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. Like, like, you could buy a Raspberry Pi, a display and a case, and play not only every Sega game, but every Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Nintendo and DS games for probably around $130. You could buy two of these things, and this is ridiculous. I can't believe it. So that was not their only announcement, though. They, they announced one more thing. And it's called Sega Fog Gaming. Fog Gaming. Okay. Which is not Fog Gaming? Yeah. So uh, in Japan, there are quite a lot of arcades still around, right? Yeah, it's one of the many reasons I'd like to go to Japan. They still have arcades. A lot of machines are still running. But my question is, what do you do with those machines once, you know, they cl- the, the business closes for the day? Uh, you turn them off? You, you turn them off, right? They, they become nothing, right? They're, they're, they're just machines that you turn off at the end of the day. So Sega says, hey, listen, we really like this cloud gaming, you know, uh, technology that's going around. Xbox is doing it. Google's doing it. We're trying to figure out a way to game without necessarily having a console. Right. But where do you put all this computing power? Well, Sega wants to take all the uh, Japanese arcades that don't, uh, you know, do anything during the night and turn them into a low cost data center and make them run gaming on them. Only overnight. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they still have a data center, but then taking something, you know, and and ratcheting it up. Yeah, there's a lot of problems what? with this. I don't even understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Google Stadia, correct? Are you familiar with Google Stadia? Oh, you mean that thing that's going to flop real yeah, hard? That's going to sure. flop real hard. So the, the premise is Google obviously has servers all over the world. And instead of having to buy an actual gaming console, you just download the Stadia app, grab a controller, and you play off the Google servers and as long as you have good internet connection you don't need a console at your house which is nice in the sense of there's not something to own you can just kind of do this it'll run on almost any device you just need a tv essentially which is cool but that's not gonna do like people a don't like that because they want to own their their games and b if you don't have good internet connection that means you can't play a game and now sega the company who just brought you the game gear micro the size of a business card would now like to help make this dream of reality what are they doing 
You ask me that like I have any, any idea. I have no idea. So I, I just don't, I just don't get it. I, I don't. I don't know what Sega's doing. I don't know if there's a long-term plan for this. I, this makes no sense. This makes as much the sense as the game plan is to shrivel and die and make a Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog 2 movie. <laughs> if if you had to choose a company for Sega to go to, right? Because they're clearly just flopping around like a like a Magikarp out of water. Uh, and I say Magikarp because they're basically useless until they become something else. Where do they go? Does Sega go to Sony? Do they go to Microsoft? Do they go to Nintendo? Do they go to Nintendo? Where they should go to the Sega highest go? bidder? And w- but I'm saying if, if if that was available, who would you like them to go to? If you had the purse strings and they I'd said, rather it go to Nintendo than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo has experience with platformers since the 80s. So, I mean, they they can do it right. At least I know Nintendo can make a, a, a decent platformer last for many, many years to come. Yeah. And uh, it, even if they make a smaller like I have a switch light, it's actually a size that you know you can actually play on. I just don't I just don't get what's going on with Sega. Sega, I'm worried about you. OK. This, I know I'm your ex. I know we're not together anymore, but like, I just want to say I'm, I'm seeing your posts and I'm, I'm kind of worried. So if you, if you need me, just call me. Okay. You're better than this. You deserve someone to make you happy and it, it, it should be uh, Nintendo. So get your bit over there. Well, listener, uh, thank you so much for making us whatever it is that we are right now within your life. Uh, I'm curious on a couple of pieces. Number one, again, how are you feeling about the Snyder cut now that we know it's, it's price tag and if I just go to HBO max, uh, option number two, it, it, do you guys want to watch a movie with us? Like, is that even something that people want to do? I'm very curious. Are you curious. still going to try and pedal that? I'm still going to try to pedal it like a Peloton. I'm going to no try sense. to make it happen. It's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> Stop Fetch trying is never to, going to happen. <laughs> Damn it, you took the words right out of my mouth. Well, listener, I have a favor to ask of you, please. Would you kindly go ahead and rate us on iTunes? Give us five stars. It greatly helps the show, helps people discover this podcast. Also, share it with a friend because sharing is the ultimate internet currency. And uh, we thank you for your donation. With that, thank you so much for making us your walk around our neighborhood or your whatever we are. And we'll talk to you next week. Well, welcome to the club because you are that kind of nerd. 